there's a funny little parable that comes up where humans are seven feet tall trying to fit into a one foot box and that we're not we're not as we're not giving back to ourselves as as much as we should we're actually more powerful than we believe ourselves to be mm -hmm. more worthy that we believe ourselves to be i think we're just trying to fit into that one foot box and give into those limitations hey everyone welcome back to another episode of the kindness is pod Today, we're gonna to talk about two topics that really hit close to home for me. One is the notion of people-pleasing, and one is the topic of grief, particularly grief when it comes to losing someone who your entire life has pretty much been your everything. My guest is gonna go into both of these topics, but I kinda of wanted to just chat for a moment about my personal life in hopes that maybe it resonates with you. Up until about three years ago, pretty much after we had our daughter, I was the biggest people pleaser. I had no sense of boundaries. I wanted everyone to get along. I know this may be hard to believe when you think about all of the advocacy work that we do, but it was really, really difficult for me to step outside of no, I don't really feel good when I'm trying to make everyone else feel good and taking away from my inner peace. So I think motherhood has really helped me to say, I'm going to do things for me. I'm going to do things the way that I know in my heart is best for me and my family. And that is what it is. However, this has not been an easy road. I think that it's really difficult. I think particularly as women, it has been ingrained in us from the start of society to be nice, to go along with the status quo, to not make any waves. And with that comes a lot of people pleasing. So how do we break that? How do we break that cycle that has been perpetuated for centuries now? my guest is going to have some amazing resources and just insight into how we do that. Now, another thing that we're going to talk a lot about is grief. And I'm not quite sure why, as a society, America chooses to run from death as opposed to celebrate life. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about because I have been incredibly fearful for quite some time of losing my parents. And for those of you who don't know, my my dad was diagnosed bipolar when I was 16. And I think ever since then, I was almost waiting for the shoe to drop. What is the next thing that's going to happen that is going to shake me to my core? And instead of embracing this incredible life that we get to live, I mean, think about for a moment how amazing it is that you are even on this planet. It is absolutely incredible. And I'm hoping that with time, I can replace my fear of losing people I love with a joy of, I got to spend so much time with this incredible person who has shaped who I am, who has been there for me, who I have shared laughter and tears with. And I hope that I can transition to this place of gratitude. 
So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kindness Is podcast. Today, I am super excited about this guest. Actually, I don't know that Danielle knows how excited I actually am about having you on today because there are a lot of things that she does in her work and who she is that I feel like on a personal level will be very, very helpful to me. So today joining me, I have Danielle Keen Grassi, a certified mental and emotional health coach and anxiety strategist. Danielle specializes in interpersonal tools and greater growth awareness for individuals to have the opportunity to understand their needs and eventually help themselves through emotional health challenges. Danielle is the author of Greek is only suppressed gratitude written from the perspective of losing her mom. And she also recently put out a children's book that we are going to be able to donate some copies of. I'm so excited to showcase Hugging Olivia, which is just this beautiful take on teaching others how to really care for themselves before they can care for others. And it's also this um, great look into kind of overcoming people-pleasing, which I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about. So now I'm rambling. Danielle, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. Such yeah. an honor. Is there anything else that you want to add or that I didn't cover right off the bat? I think you you covered it all. Um, people-pleasing is a big thing. Uh, your message about kindness, right? What kindness is in the podcast. I think it goes with people pleasing and just self-acceptance of who you are inside, self-acceptance of your mistakes, accepting every single part of you and knowing it is all okay. I love that because I think we live in this world in which we've been taught a very binary set of thinking. So if I am feeling like I messed up, I can't be accepting of that because I messed up and I'm going to be judgmental of that, right? Whereas I think we're really societally moving towards a way of thinking that is much more, I can feel this and this at the same time, and both feelings are valid and both things can be true, right? Like I can be very overwhelmed, but also filled with joy and both things can be, can be a thing at once. It, and it's funny that you mentioned that because it's correct. Both things can be, and multiple things can be accepted. And I think that draws a lot of energy out from people. But once they kind of step back and go, oh, this is just the bigger picture. This is just everything I'm feeling. I don't have to dissect every single feeling. I could just feel it all and be safe in feeling it. I love that. And have that self-compassion and feeling that. I know that for me is something that I have struggled with. I mean, I am the first to very similar to Olivia. So I guess we'll just dive right in about your children's book because for a very, very, very long time, I was the first to kind of give and support and listen and just be all of the things to every single person in my life without really caring for myself first or setting any type of boundary. And I think it really wasn't until the pandemic where I first had to have a boundary. I had a newborn. I was really scared about what was going on in the world. And 
And it was the first time where I had to learn to say no and really take care of my mental well-being before I worried about others. We were never taught to first see what was going on inside of ourselves. We were taught, okay, how are other people going to perceive this action or this behavior? And it's kind of now we're on the flip side of that is going, we know everyone is okay and everyone is sovereign beings. They can take care of themselves for the most part. Of course, we're here to help everyone and, and share in that love, but we can't help everyone if we don't first help ourselves. And it, it's a lot better when that cup overflows rather than giving from an empty glass mm. to do that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, 100%. It is. And I know just coming from a family who my dad really struggled with some mental health issues. And then I had my daughter. And then the world shut down. I knew for myself that I needed to be my full self in order to be the mom that I always wanted to be. I could not care for her in the way that I wanted, or even as an adult, once she's an adult, looking back, I wanted her to see that her mom did the best for her too, in order to care for her. And that was something that I chose immediately when I felt any sense of anxiety. I was like, okay, I need to see a therapist. I need to work through things that I never worked through when I was 16 years old. And I need to show up for myself so that I can show up for others. And I think that's something I know you mentioned, we're definitely on the flip side of that. There's more conversations about that than ever. But I still think there's a lot of guilt surrounding that, particularly for women, correct me if I'm wrong, in our society. I think you're absolutely correct. And uh, because women are the givers, we we are designed for that. And we were always programmed as a young, as young children to give, give, give. And it feels really good to give and to put a smile on someone's face. It lights up our heart and we enjoy that selflessness. And I think a lot of people think, okay, if I give to myself, I'm now selfish. Mm-hmm selfish because this is new generations before me did not participate in that but was it really working for generations before us it it might have at that time but right now it's not if we're running around ragged it's not working and giving to ourselves in order to give to others a you're showing someone that they can love themselves Mm -hmm. and and still give and I think that is the purest form of love because when you're, you see someone loving themselves and setting healthy boundaries is one saying, Hey, no, I'm going to, I'm going to be courageous enough to say no or defend, protect. And there is such a, a love there that cannot be harnessed. It's, I think that is the purest form of love. Mm. The first yeah. 
the self because when others see that, they know they have permission to do that too. We just were never given permission. Exactly. I mean, you put so much more eloquently what I was trying to explain with my daughter because it's so true. I, I want her to know that she always needs to stand up for herself, that she always needs to love who she is authentically, to know that she can always be whomever it is that she knows she is deep down in her soul. And how can we teach future generations to be those things if we aren't modeling, right? I mean, I always look at things from a perspective of a former educator and the best way of teaching mindset or teaching math is to showcase modeling, right? To verbally say out loud, particularly I was in a kindergarten classroom. So I was always saying, oh, Mrs. Johnstone is is drawing a picture. And I know that maybe I may make a mistake and it may not feel as though this is the, the best, you know, artwork out there. However, I'm trying my best and I'm proud of the fact that I'm trying my best and, and mistakes are okay because that helps us make our brains grow. And then taken outside of the classroom, a lot of times I wasn't doing that for myself or modeling that for others in my life. And I think it wasn't until recently that I was like, oh yeah, all those things I learned as an educator make sense for me as a person. Yeah. And as you're talking, it almost, it's like we've been going on one track as a train. We've been going, 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 and we have to now put on the brakes and now go the other way. And I think that's really hard for people because they don't know if what's right, what's wrong, because we've always been going one direction, doing that and stopping and halting and then going the complete opposite. It feels bizarre. It doesn't feel authentic at first. And then once that train has stopped and you go the opposite way, you're like, okay, no, no, this does feel good. Why was I never taught this? Okay, now I can actually teach people this. And my kids, like, like what you're saying, you can teach not only your child, but as a previous educator, you've taught so many people with that perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and I were just talking prior to we press play on the podcast about how we're just always running, running, running and going, going, going. And that's like the society that we live in. And if we don't pause, and this is this also comes from like a very privileged standpoint of being able to take those pauses, right? But if we don't, then we are just running ourselves ragged. And I think that was very clear in your book. I mean, I can't believe people are listening to this. You have to go out and get Hugging Olivia because it is not only going to be crucial to our children, but it was a really important read for me and my inner child. And I'd love for you to talk for a moment about the inspiration behind this book. I I am the people pleaser <laughs> in a nutshell. I And a lot of people can relate to that too. And the way I people please is I'm not safe unless you're happy is, is the biggest thing. Uh, or I'm not loved. If you're not happy with mm. me, if we're not okay, I want to fix it. I want to make it okay. And sometimes, especially when some of us are on that track going, no, 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 I need to set this boundary. No, 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 I, I need to hold my ground in this situation. I can still be okay. And I still repeat to myself, I'm okay if you're not okay. I'm still okay. I'm still okay. You're still loved. I'm still loved. I still love you. 
I might not agree with you. I still love you, but I'm going to love myself first and show myself this love first. I love myself first. So the inspiration was the people pleasing. However, you're so right. I designed it in a way where mom is reading it. Dad's reading it to child. Child's getting a lesson from it and the parents getting a lesson from it too. So while reading it together, they can pinpoint, oh, we've have you been people pleasing here? Have you been letting go with your boundaries? Have you been giving too much of yourself? Yes, oh, okay, mom, dad, I have been too. I have been doing that too. And, and they can co-create, they're kind of learning for the first time how to do it together. So it's not only the, a lesson for the child, a lesson for both parties. Picture books are powerful. I mean, I can't tell you how many authors I've had the opportunity to sit down and chat with. And every single time we come to this exact conclusion that picture books are not just for K through two or K through five, that picture books have these incredibly powerful messages that can resonate with anyone. Yeah. And that is particularly true. I mean, it's probably because I resonate so deeply with the people-pleasing aspect of my life, too, that it is so true for this book. But I think a lot of people, regardless of if that is who you are, can see the incredible message and also see that even if that isn't who you are, that this is something that you want your child to, to not be to be able to be strong in their convictions and be strong in their self-love. And it's just really beautiful. So I'm, I'm so grateful that you put this out into the world for people. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you're you. welcome. Yeah. Um, you also have written a book for adults. And as soon as I read your bio, I was kind of struck with my worst fear. And my worst fear is definitely losing my mom. I'm an only child. We are incredibly, incredibly close. And your book is about just that and kind of seeing grief and almost embracing grief, I would say. And I want to hear all about that. Well, we are very similar, Caitlin, because I'm also an only child and my mom was my life. Um, mm. We never, we were trying never to call each other best friends, but because she had to be in the mom role. Um, but we were the Gilmore Girls relationship, mm. like where she was my mom, dad, sister, brother, cousin, uncle, aunt. She was everything. And um, as soon as she was diagnosed with cancer in 2016 and then died 81 days later in 2017 in March, we, um, I, I went to panic mode. <laughs> I, I did not know how to be safe, be loved, and I didn't know what it meant for our relationship um, and how I could even, how I could even love or be in something so deep because that has now been lost. So at first I was very angry. Why would she leave me? Um, and then I felt her presence and I felt it in a way where it physically, you can do so much for someone in the physical sense, but I felt 
her presence after she died as a guide for me, as an angel-like for me in order to, to learn from her all the ways in which she could now be there non-physically. So she taught me everything she could physically for 25 years of my life. And then after that transition, I started becoming, in a, getting in a relationship with her where it's within the non-physical and what that looked like. The relationship was the same, but the transition was different. It's now, it now looks different. And so grief is only suppressed gratitude was me coming from grief to love from that gratitude and knowing that this was all part of the plan. This was, this was the ultimate gift of love, knowing that she was there for 25 years and now, now she can be there for me for the rest of my life in a way that I never thought could be possible. Hmm. I'm just taking a moment <laughs> because it's a lot and I'm, I'm so grateful that you were able to share that with us and, and be so vulnerable in sharing that story. And I'm wondering how you got to that point. A lot of work, a lot of working, a lot of um, tears. Anytime I blamed or shamed, I knew that blame or shame was really a reflection of who I, what I needed to work on. And it wasn't in regards to other people. I would literally sit in a dark room and just feel those emotions and feel it and feel it and it would tear me up inside. And then at the point where it was no longer bearable, it would pass. And then in its place was love. If mm -hmm. we feel every little emotion that's coming up and not push it away or push it down, it can be felt through. And through that feeling, it transforms into something so miraculous, so benevolent. And feeling that, I think it's, and we only have so many, so many years in this life. And I honestly believe this life is for us to, to learn and to, to grow and to evolve. And then, you know, it's peace, love and beautiful rainbows. But right here, mm -hmm. right now, I have the opportunity to really dive in. And that's what I did. Yeah. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong or what your opinions are on this. In America specifically, we don't talk about death enough. We don't. Because I think in other cultures, it's almost celebrated. And well, I don't want to say almost. I know that it is. You know, it's 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 something that is so different and people think about it on a daily basis. And it's this honoring of a life. And I think we've been so taught to become so fearful. Yeah, be fearful of death, be fearful of what could happen, be fearful of talking about it. There's fear and stigma around every single aspect of that concept mm -hmm. that becomes paralyzing to think about. And I don't wanna, I don't wanna see this. I remember a few years before my mom passed, she would say, hey, I feel like she kind of knew or knew something. She was very intuitive. And she was like, hey, just to let you know, these are all the files of like 
birth certificates here and this, this. I'm like, I I don't want to know. I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't care. I don't want, I don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Good. And then she's like, no, no, no. Just, just hear me. They're right here. They're going to be in the store. This is how you access them. And uh, I remember as soon as she got sick, it was go time. It was go time. And I, I wasn't prepared um, at all. <laughs> We're scrambling to, and you'll, if, if anyone buys grief is only suppressed gratitude, you'll see scrambling to get a new will together, scrambling to get a household. She had rental houses in Texas. That's where I grew up. And so just trying to get everything squared away. I didn't at that time know pr what property tax was, but apparently I had a $10,000 bill to pay. <laughs> it just <laughs> one thing after another. I was just trying to breathe. And I just did whatever I needed to do to survive and, and give back to myself at the same time. So telling myself, God, you're so freaking courageous today. I'm so proud of you. Just, I'm proud of you today failed 10 times i'm really proud of you i'm proud you got back up <laughs> you got back mm -hmm. up i'm proud of you a lot of tears i had a, an amazing coach johanna gardner amazing coach um who literally stood by my side through tears and yelling and screaming and 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 and, and all, all every emotion you can think of um because it was it was dramatic it, it was in its sense and and the best gift ever because going mm -hmm. through experience loving myself through that experience and still loving myself through anything that comes up and ripple effect that's still there i now know how to process that and get and see that it's not really the truth it's not real it's just the illusion of what being human is i know that love is and is in existence now and it will be in existence when i'm not here on this earth anymore it's just love at the end of the day is that the biggest advice you would give to anyone to get through something that is incredibly traumatic, painful, grief of any kind, is that what you would tell them? Or is there is there more to it? I'm I sure there's more to it, obviously, but what would you what would you share with someone who's going through who's going through something similar? Something that really helped me was that it was all pre-designed and, and the fact of knowing this, you don't have to adopt this mentality for yourself, but the, the fact that we all had a say in this before even jumping into this physical life, like it was all pre-designed, it was all pre-distributed, it was, it, everything was set in stone and then now we're just playing it out and learning from those lessons. I think knowing that oh, okay, I, I came here to really learn who I am without my mom, how I can love myself, how I can really dive deep into from people pleasing and, and see a sense of gratitude and acceptance for me. Um, knowing that it's things are not happening to me, it was for this greater good. And knowing I can actually step away from that victim mentality of, God, what's gonna be next? Oh God, I, I, how do I even leave my house? I, I, I'm so scared to, and, and that mentality is, is truly understood, truly understood. But to even just ask yourself, what would happen if I actually followed my heart into this aspect of who I really am and followed this, this knowingness of me, knowing that it, 
it is just love at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And isn't it pretty amazing that sometimes I sit back and think how incredible it is that we are even here. Like that's kind of mind blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. just putting it all into perspective of, of the chances of us even being in time and space right now is pretty flipping amazing. <laughs> it's definitely something. It's definitely not for uh, the weak. It is for the courageous, the strong. It It is. You're here. You are. You are a warrior in your own sense. There's no doubt about it. I think this is the hardest place to be. I think, but it's the most joyful. You get mm -hmm. less opportunities, mm -hmm. but you're gonna go through what you want to go through to evolve. And then yeah. on the side, it's what you, the experience you can take from it. Like God, I freaking went through this and I did it. Mm -hmm. I trudged through that mud and I literally came out the other side as, as the shining star. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the goal. Yeah. The absolute goal. So I want to know how people can support you, how they can either follow you on social medias, where they can purchase your books. Do you have a website? Tell me all of the things. Thank you. I have a website, keenstrategies.com, K-E-I-N-S-T-R-A-T-E-G-I-E-S. I have an online class that's out there um, that's about breath work, giving back to yourself. Hugging Olivia, you can purchase online through my website or through Amazon. Grief is only suppressed gratitude, you can purchase through Amazon. And uh, social media at Keen Strategies. I think that's about it. <laughs> Thank you so much. If you had to define kindness in any way, shape, or form and what that looks like for you, what would it be? Kindness looks like the aspect of knowing that I can be a sovereign being, someone else can be a sovereign being. We each have our own sense of love for ourselves. Even if we're in conflict at that time, we know that we're both capable and strong to get through anything. There's a funny little parable that comes up. Humans are seven feet tall trying to fit into a one foot box. And that we're not we're not as we're not giving back to ourselves as as much as we should. We're actually more powerful than we believe ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. More worthy that we believe ourselves to be. I think we're just trying to fit into that one foot box and give into those limitations, mm -hmm. but knowing that everyone around us is a seven foot person and knowing that we are strong and capable and full of love. And uh, one person doesn't have to suffer in order for the other one to gain every, it's all, it's all, um, it all can be gained. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your inspiration and just being here today and being vulnerable and talking to me about kindness. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything. You're welcome. So Danielle and I recorded this episode about a month ago. And in that time, my mom ended up being in the hospital. And when I listened back to this, 
I was reminded of my fears. I was reminded that our life is so precious. And at any moment, without sounding too cliche, that can be taken away from us. So how do I ground myself in the present? How do I allow myself to fully be with the ones I love when I'm spending time with them? And I have actively been trying to put my phone away to ensure I'm telling my loved ones that I do love them. I've been trying to make time for the things that matter most to me. And I'm hoping that when the time comes that I do lose another person who's close to me, I hope that I can look back with a sense of love and appreciation. And I also know that I'm going to allow myself the opportunity to feel all of the feelings that arise. You know, I lost my uncle at a pretty young age and I was really, really close to him. And I would not talk about it. I would not open up about it. I shoved a lot of the emotions down deep inside of me. And I know now that I have so many other tools available to me and people available to me and resources available to me that I can utilize to allow myself to truly feel the grieving process. So going into this week, if you take anything away from this podcast, I want you to remember that this is your life to live and I want you to live it to the fullest in the present and also live this life with those who you love more than anything in the world. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Kindness Is Podcast. If you love it and it's adding even a little bit of value to your life, we would love, love, love if you could subscribe, rate, and review so we can reach even more people and make this world a little bit more kind. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.